All right, now here to kick off the show like he does every other week is our resident director of instruction, Tom Patrick. You can visit him and improve your game this winter at his indoor facility, which has all the latest technologies down at his home in Naples, Florida. You can now find Tom at his new winter home course at Crown Colony Golf and Country Club in Fort Myers, spring training home of the Boston Red Sox, oh, by the way. If you won't be anywhere near the west coast of Florida but still want to get lessons from TP, download the V1 video app and send Tom videos of your golf swing, and he'll respond to you with a lot of great content for how you can improve your swing. You can also send him a question via his website, TomPatry.com. Be sure to subscribe to his newsletter while you're on his site as well. Tom is also a member of the Titleist Leadership Advisory Board, has his own show on Thursday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Time over on Instagram Live with some really fantastic guests. And it's always great having him back with me tonight here on Next on the T. What's up, TP? Trixie boy! <laughs> always love that. What's up, TP? How are you, my friend? Man, let me tell you something. If I was any better, I would be you. Hard to believe. I don't know hey, that you can get that. Just, just, just a quick one. I want, to, I want to give myself a little plug here, if you don't mind. This Thursday right on Instagram Live. I want you to tune into this one. This Thursday on Instagram Live at 8 o'clock, I've got David Graham, World Golf Hall of Famer, and former U.S. Open champion. I'm pretty pumped about that one, David. That's going to be fun. No doubt. And I've had the privilege of uh, of talking to him a couple of times. What a what a great man. What a great story. So I'm all, I'm excited and uh, pumped as well to, to listen in. That would be fantastic. Good for you for getting him. Yeah, that should be fun. That should be fun. So, TP, you know, tonight is the 42nd time You've been with me on this show, and and no, that doesn't include the, really? yeah, and that doesn't include the time and a half that I was on your show. And I tell you what, TP, I think that's got to earn me something. I think I I got to get a, a spot in your will. I mean, something. I mean, your wife doesn't talk to you as much as I do. I think that should get me something. Well, she's smarter than you are. Though. You gotta you gotta get that's, that. Well, she's no like, doubt. Yeah. So, forty uh, second time is that right, man? That's unbelievable. So we have to keep track of this because on the on the fiftieth show, okay, I want it yep. to be just you and I for just you and I for an hour. For an hour, okay, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, I want to just I I just want to go a lot of different places in the fiftieth show, like all over the map. All right, we'll do that. Now you know, I mean, we've only got a handful of shows left in this season, so it'll have to be in uh, in season number eight. But we'll do that. We'll, we'll maybe that's the way. You know, I don't know if it'll fall just nice. Probably not, because uh, I probably only get the privilege of having you two or three more times this season. So that'll probably get us to 45. So we'll have to get a little bit into next season. But we'll make that That's happen. Okay. That would be fun. A whole hour of you and me. That'd be unbelievable, wouldn't it? That'd be like, you know, like the two Italians for an hour. We could go a lot of places. And <laughs> <laughs> TP, you know, today is the 16th anniversary of something do very, this. very special. Don't do it. Don't do, don't do You know. Don't 16 years ago tonight, the Boston oh, Red Sox completed the greatest sports comeback ever by taking your Yankees down in Game 7 after being down 0-3, beat your Yankees in Yankee Stadium, and win it four games you to know, three I'm, to go on, I'm, and I'm, we I'm would win be, the World gonna, Series. What I'm a great gonna, night that was, TV. I'm going to be I'm gonna be a gentleman and not call you the name I want to call you right now. So just, you know, <laughs> I'm going to be a gentleman. Okay. I'm going to be a gentleman. I'm going to abstain. And I'm gonna have a little bit, a little more class than you do right now. And I'm gonna thank you for calling you a dick. Okay. <laughs> oh, one of the greatest nights of my life. I just smile. I have a oh smile just God. thinking about it. I, I can't. Tell right. you, I can't. You can't even measure the pain I was in that night. 
It was unbelievable. I wish I had been I can that. still feel it. Oh. Yeah, thank, thanks very much. <laughs> All right, on to more positive things for you. I want to please, talk about, uh, I want to lead off by talking about Crown Colony. You're gonna, this is what, uh, the the end of the first, or what, first week and a half now you've been there? Talk about your experience going it's actually, there. It's actually the beginning of week two. Um, it, you know, Chris, I, I said to you, I think off air a couple of days ago, or maybe it was even earlier tonight, that, you know, when you're, when you're at another place for a long period of time, under let's just call it under circumstances of a night ideal leave it at that and you get going and you're so busy you're kind of in the rat wheel and then you go someplace um for a variety of reasons that's different and it's a really great place you look back and you realize how unhappy you were at the previous place so i'm going through that right now they the people the members of the club you know and we're only in october let's keep in mind we don't have a lot of people down yet the members of the club have been incredibly positive and welcoming. They've been really gracious. They've all come up and said hi and introduced themselves. And um, I've had a hell of a, an October. I mean, only half, of, you know, I started on the 15th. So only such a half a month in October. Uh, not quite sold out. And I never expected to even be busy in October down here. But pretty close to slamming and jamming. Um, so it's been incredibly positive. The GM has been Dave Ken, who brought me on, has been incredibly positive. I've gotten to meet most of the board members now. Uh, they're on the golf course a couple of times. The superintendent is a wonderful guy, Paul Bacon, really, really good guy. The food and beverage staff. I mean, it's just a positive place. So I'm, I'm extremely excited about the whole thing. Good for you. That's awesome. You deserve to be in a place yeah. that appreciates you. So good for you, TP. Thanks. I appreciate that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Tom, one of the themes of tonight's show is going to be around sports betting. And I, I tell you, record numbers. I'm shocked at the record numbers that we, just as, a, as, as, as in the U.S., just the U.S. alone, Tom, in the month of August alone, we bet $2.1 billion, with a B, billion dollars on sports. I mean, you'd think with everything going on, right, with the unemployment, the amount of uncertainty in the country and everything else, we... We'd be, you know, keeping our money, but it's absolutely the opposite. I, I want to get you, is this good for sports and good for golf, right? Golf is a big thing that people are betting on now. Do you think this is a good thing or, or doesn't it matter because the genie's never going back in this bottle? Well, the genie's definitely not going back in the bottle. You're absolutely right on there, Chris. But I'll tell you, I'll tell you where I, I bring this whole thing back to. Unfortunately, and I'll tell you a little personal story that's maybe a little too personal than I I don't share this very often, and I'll, I'll, I'll share it just for maybe maybe in hopes that maybe I'll help somebody out there tonight. My 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 dad was a uh, well, my dad was a degenerate gambler. You know, he he uh, there's no there's no other way to say it, and and cost himself a lot of things, including his marriage because of his gambling and 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 some other vices. But I remember the first time as a youngster, and when I say youngster, I was probably I was underage. I was probably under 21. Uh, I got in the car with him one day, and I thought it was a cool thing at the time. I realized since then it's not a cool thing. And he took me to Atlantic City, New Jersey, uh, from our home on Long Island. And uh, we parked the car, and I was all excited that I was going to get going to a casino. And uh, it was it happened to be it was Trump at that time, of all places. And uh, yeah, we kind of walked up the boardwalk and got in front of the casino, and I, I almost felt like I bolted for the door. And as I bolt, and I really kind of started walking fast, he grabbed me by the collar and he said, stop. And I did. And he said, look up. 
And I looked up at this magnificent building, and he said, uh, pretty cool building, huh? I said, yeah, it's unbelievable, you know? He said, it wasn't built with winner's money. There you go. And I said, huh? He said, it wasn't built with winner's money. And I, and I kind of didn't get it at the time. And I remember I had $100 in my pocket. I was so excited to go in. I had $100 in my pocket. And it was pretty loose back then. We went in, we went in and he, he went one way and I kind of went the other. And about 30 minutes later, I walked over to him. I found him at a, at a, at a blackjack table. And he said, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm broke. He said, that didn't take long. So that's what I think of sports betting. I, I don't know about you, Chris, but I work a little bit too hard for my money. And the casinos don't exist because everybody's beaten them. Uh, as a matter of fact, they don't exist for that reason at all. So I can't imagine PGA Tour events with 144 of the best players in the world and even if you took the top 10 every week, how hard it would be to pick the winner week in and week out. I just don't know how. And I feel like I know a pretty good amount about golf. And You know, you know who's hot, you know who's not. But how often have we seen, you know, a strange person come out of nowhere and win a golf tournament? Uh, and, 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 even, and even a major at times. Um, you know, and, and if anybody told me, they would have predicted the run that Brooks, Brooks Kepler would have got on in the U.S. Open or, you know, I, I just, I don't see how you do that. And, and I don't, I work too hard for my money. And I hope everybody out there who is thinking about, pardon me, pissing their money away on gambling um, will reconsider that possibility. A billion dollars, Chris, a billion. How many? 2.1 billion, you said? 2.1 billion in the month of August alone. I think the casinos profited about i think the number was 118 million dollars of that so, so so i know how like i said i know how hard i work for my money how many hours i've spent i spent close to 60,000 hours in my life on a lesson fee in the sun and in various weather conditions standing on my feet doing what i love to do don't get me wrong and i know i know you work hard very hard at your craft um I, I don't feel like giving it to a casino or a sports betting person. Part, I'll, I'll pass on that one. But you're right. You're right. They're not going to put the genie back in the bottle. There's no way. It'll go on. Yep. Tom, let's switch gears a little bit. And, and I saw your Instagram post earlier this week about how you, you putted with the same ping putter pretty much your whole life. And boy, that's what I would have expected. From you knowing you like I do, I figured you probably had, you know, sort of your your go to your good old putter that you you probably use your whole life, and boom, there it was. But I was surprised to learn that you really like the Scotty Cameron Phantom putter. Never would have guessed that. That's a radical change yeah. in style yeah. for you. Talk about that. So first of all, I got to tell you the story about the ping putter. That ping putter, when I was 11 years old. Dr. Anthony D. Giovanni. How's that for a mouthful, Chris? Nice there you Italian go. dentist. Nice Italian dentist friend of the family. Put me in his Jeep Cherokee, and he took little Tommy Patry on his first golf trip to a place called Pinehurst, North Carolina. And if wow. you don't think that 11-year-old wasn't, wasn't excited, uh, and he took me down there. He was a good friend of the family, and he really took a big interest in my golf. We called him Dr. D. And he took me down there, and we stayed at Mid Pines. But I remember I had one of those, if you can picture this, Chris, 11 years old, I had one of those kind of chrome-plated 
stupid little putters that you find in like a rental set. You know, that was my first putter. And I thought that was the greatest putter in America. You know, it was a, probably the biggest piece of junk you've ever had in your life. And we pulled into Mid Pines. He said, Tom, I'm, I, I want to surprise you. I'm, I'm, I'm buying you a little present here today. Yeah, I said, what do you mean, Doc? He said, uh, the pro here is a friend of mine, and he's going he's gonna to get a new putter for you and show you how to use it. And I was like devastated. What, what's wrong with my putter, you know? And we went into the shop, and this, this nice man came over to me. And could could have been any nicer. And he, and he introduced himself, and he said, listen, come on on the green with me. And it was 1972, Chris, and he brought me out on the green. And he showed me this new and revolutionary putter called a Ping Answer. And I remember, I remember seeing the price tag on it. It was $19.50. Wow. That's a lot of money. $19.50 for a putter. Right? So he spent a little time on the green with me, and, I, and he talked to me about heel-toe waiting and tried to explain it to me. and Couldn't have been more patient with me. And he took the putter inside, and he cut it down. He put a grip on it for me. A little bit, and he and he and he and Dr. D bought me this putter, and that putter uh, from 11 years old was with me till last year. Uh, all my junior tournaments, all my college tournaments, the amateur tournaments I won, the NCAA I won was the same putter. It was not, and there was another, not never another putter involved in a victory. Um, that man, by the way, who fitted me for that putter, that golf professional, his name was Julius Bora. Wow, get yeah, out. About that one. Uh, and, and I didn't know that till I didn't know that till probably ten years later. Okay, um, so that was that's really that's a pretty cool story. Anyway, so last year, a little bit over a year ago, another another you know I'm a Titleist guy, another rep I knew from another company who was producing a mallet putter. You can probably figure this out. Um, they're they're, they're sponsored sometimes sponsors of your show. Put this other mallet putter in my hands. Said, Why don't you just try this? You know. It's really good. And I'd never really putted with a mallet or style putter. And one of the things I found out about this putter right away, this putter he put in my hand, was it was incredibly easy, incredibly easy to aim. Like, um, and I, I'm a pretty good putter. I've always been a pretty good putter. But this thing was really easy to aim. I had the ball online all the time, just all the time. So he said, oh, I want you to have it. I'll give it to you. The rep says, you take it. It's, it's a gift from me. Obviously, he was trying to get me to drink the Kool-Aid and convert. So I took the putter. I was messing around with it for a couple months, and I got to the PGA Merchandise Show in January, and I'll never forget this. I walked into the titles to see my guys, and Kelly Moser, who worked with Scotty Cameron, was in there. He was an old friend. I said, Kelly, come here. i got to talk to you. Come over to the side here. I don't want anybody to hear this. And he said, what's up? I said, I've got a so-and-so putter in my bag. He goes, you got a what? I said, yeah. I said, listen, let me just tell you what happened. And I explained it to him. I've been messing around with it. It's unbelievably easy to aim. What does Scotty have that compares to this that I can transition to? Because I really like the way this, I don't like, I, I didn't like the way the thing felt particularly, but it was really easy to aim. And he says, listen, let me show you this phantom. And, and the first phantom he showed me has kind of green dots on the top of it, kind of neon green. And I, I didn't dig that at all. I mean, I just didn't like all the neon colors and stuff. He goes, well, we have another model that's black on black on top. I said, let me see that. He showed me that, and it really it looked pretty good to me. It sat pretty good. I said, I think i got to try this. He goes, try it. That other son of a bitch is out of your bag. This one's going to be in your bag. It'll be at your house. It'll, it'll, it'll be one at your front door in 48 hours. So Kelly, Kelly arranged for, for Scotty out in California to send me one. Well, not Scotty so much, but the company to send me one uh, to my specs. Before I got home from the show, it was sitting at my front door. And I started working with it quite a bit. Um, Last Jan, at the end of last January, 
and it was just as easy to aim as the competitor, but it actually it felt better off the face. The material on the face felt a lot better from a speed control standpoint, really solid. And I started working pretty hard with it. And uh, and unfortunately, old reliables, actually I'm looking at them right now, over in the corner of my office over there in one of my spare Titleist bags. Um, and and I guess I guess he's retired now after spending ready for this fifty years with me, fifty years. Wow, wow! Yeah, so pretty cool. So we we went. Yeah, it is very cool. Yeah, we went through a lot that Cutter and I together. We traveled a lot of miles together, and we had a lot of successes together. But there's no comparison now, Chris. To, you know, it's like everything else. It's like drivers. It's like irons. It's like wedges. The technology and the balance uh, of these putters. Are, are so good now. And the feedback is so good off the face, and they're so easy to aim um, and get the ball started online. Uh, and this particular model has been really, really, really good to me. I, I really like it a lot. So, so kudos to Scotty. Kudos to Titleist. I'm glad it's one of my bags. It's been really, it's been really fun. Really fun. So let's stay on putting, Tom, because. You shared a video, and I saw it, and I asked you to send me a, a copy of it. It's the most impactful putting video I've ever seen. And just for something very, very simple, looking at you putting, and your head doesn't move until the ball is gone for you know a count of one or two seconds, something along those lines. But it's exactly genius three. to me. Okay? But that's genius so that, to me. I mean, it's just that yeah, yeah. simple. Talk about that. Well, that, that video, I'll tell you the history of that video, Chris. That, that video, just for your knowledge, was uh, was taken on the practice screen at Beth Page, as a matter of fact. Wow. Okay. Um, that, 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 that video was about about 30 steps from the first tee of the black horse, actually. And last summer, not this summer, not this past summer, but the summer before, uh, when I was teaching on one of my stops on Long Island, I, I had a rain day, and a couple of lessons got canceled in the afternoon. So I got done early, and I uh, I try to go to Beth Page every time I'm on Long Island at some point. It's just like it's one of the places I grew up, and I said, I'm just going to go over there and grab a sandwich and sit down, and I'm going to putt for a couple hours. Um, so I got out of the putting green, and I, I'd been putting. I, I, I had been putting badly, but I had been making a lot of putts. So I, I set up a, a tripod and put my phone on and put my V1 app on, and I started taking some film, both down the line and face on, and the first thing I saw in the face-on film that my head was moving really early, and I was kind of coming out of a lot of putts. So I kept on filming and kept on filming, and all I was trying to do was getting back to fundamentally keeping my head really still a couple of seconds post-impact. And I, that, that putt you see in that film, I, I hit three balls in that film I sent you. Um, that, that putt was about 30 feet, and the three putts you see in that film <laughs> all went in from 30 feet away. Every one of them went in the hole. I hold three wow. 30 footers in a row. And all I was doing, all I was trying to do was make a stroke, hold my finish, and, and keep my head still. And I, say, I always say to myself, stroke, in other words, make the stroke, hold, hold the finish condition, hold the structure of the finish condition, and I go 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, rotate to look. Don't lift to look. Don't come out of my posture. Just rotate my head after three full, the three count to look. So that's what you're looking at in that video. And I keep, I call that, keeping the coconut quiet. So that, that's where that film came from. It was actually me working on my putting stroke myself. Um, I've gotten a lot of requests. I've shown that in a lot of lessons. I've got a lot of requests 
the people, you know, asked me to send them that film, use that as model. Um, so if anybody listening tonight wants that, wants a copy of that film, and they email me, I'm happy to send them a copy, and I'll send them a copy of the putting article I've written since then that goes with that film. I'm happy to send that to them as well. So if anybody wants to email me at tpatriotmindspring.com for that film, just and just say in the subject line, uh, Coconut Quiet Film, and I'll, I'm happy to send them a copy in the article. I appreciate that very much. That'll help a lot of people because I know it's, it's done wonders for my putting game. Um, Mine too. Tom, one more before I let you go, my friend. Every commercial you see now is all about speed and distance. I mean, you've hammered in my head. We've talked about it on the show many times. You end your show on Instagram Live every Thursday night by saying short game, short game, short game. Everything now is about swing faster, more distance. We never see a commercial like putt like Tiger Woods. We never see a commercial hit a wedge like Tiger Woods. It's all about the golf ball, and it's all about the driver, and it's all about this. Help me with that. Why you know, we we talk about how much of the game is short game and putting, but we hardly ever see a commercial or any promos about short game. I am so happy that you're asking me this question because, you know, as you know, this is right in my wheelhouse. First of all, distance is second. Long sells. Home runs sell, first serves in tennis at 125 or 30 miles an hour sell, you know, slap shots from the from the blue line that go a million miles an hour whistling past the goalie's ear sells. Speed always sells. It's sexy. It's exciting. Uh, and by the way, it's fun to smash a driver. It's fun to catch one right in the middle of the face and, and rip it down the middle of the fairway. No doubt about it. But here's one of the things that, you know, as a 62-year-old, I'll tell you, how old are you, Mr. Mascaro? 55. Okay, so at 62, when I put TrackMan on and I work on my own game, if I get the club to go 101 or 2 miles an hour, that's pretty good for me right now. And if I if I get it going about 102 miles an hour and I get it in the center of the face with a pretty good fast uh, path-face relationship, I hit it about between 245 and 260 uh, at 62 years old. So, and listen, here's the deal, Chris. It's not going to go 105 miles an hour. It's not going to go 110. It's not going to go that way at 62 for me anymore. Those days are over. So the first thing is the recreational golfer doesn't understand that with all the speed in the world, you know, even if they're a youngster, if they can't hit it in the center of the club face, they don't get the benefit of the speed. So one thing that PGA Tour has, whether it's Bryson or whether it's Cameron Champ or Tony Finau or anybody else you want to name, Okay, they can swing it at 125 miles an hour or in excess of, but they can find the middle of the club face every time or, or most times. And so they have benefit of speed and contact quality. Boom, they have distance. So the athlete thinks they're going to be able to do that. Well, I got news to them. Please try to share this with them if they're not listening. If you're not listening out there, I'll turn up the volume. You're not going to do that every time. It's not going to happen. <laughs> so. So, sure also knows, and I don't care what manufacturer you name, that again, distance is sexy, and the TV is jamming us down the amateur's throat, and they hear it every week on CBS, on NBC, on ESPN, on the Golf Channel, Bryson, 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 and they want the newest and the latest and the greatest driver. Good for them. I think technology is important. But if you can't, if you can't swing the club 
over 105 miles an hour, over 105 miles an hour, upwards of 110, and you can't find the center of the club face, the benefit of the technology is nil. It is nil. Let me repeat that. If you can't swing it upwards of 110 miles an hour and can't in the middle of the club face, the technology you have in your hand is useless. Okay? So you need, you need the technology, and then you need the ability to crank it to 110 plus and have to find the middle of the face to start to derive benefit. So, with that being said, okay, I think it's a lot easier to make contact with a very abbreviated motion, a putting stroke, a chipping stroke, a pitching stroke, which is moving at a much lower rate of speed, many, many more, fewer moving parts, and in a longer period of time, nice slower tempo, and you can find the middle of the face, you can control contact quality, and you can pitch the ball close to the hole and knock a couple of putts in and save shots. The ability of the recreational player to possibly hit a solid chip shot is much higher than the ability and possibility of to hit a driver at 110 in the center of the face. So what, what do you want to do? And, and by the way, since the putter itself uh, accounts for about 43% of the strokes you're going to make in your career, I would highly recommend you learn how to be very proficient with that one club. Now, again, let me go back to the beginning of the statement. Is it fun to hit it right down the middle of the fairway, 280 or 290? Absolutely. Is it fun to hit it over 300 yards? I imagine it's incredibly fun. If you want to hit it long, all you're interested in doing, you don't have to really go play golf or join a club. You can just go to the range and, and beat the shit out of it every time you want to go and do that and just, just go to the range every Saturday morning. You know, But that's not, that's not going to lead to really great golf for the average recreational player. Tom, before I let you go, remind our listeners about your show, Thursday nights, 8 o'clock Instagram Live, some of the folks you have coming up, and then how they can follow you online and on social media. Chris, thanks. Uh, Thursday nights, 8 o'clock Instagram Live, TP Golf Instagram Live. Like I said, the great uh, Hall of Fame member, David Graham, this week, followed by the head professional at Shinnecock Hills, Jack Druga, the following week, Jimmy Roy, who played both the Champions Tour and the PGA Tour after that. A really good one, Chris, to you, and a guy you should have on yourself, Woody Lashley, who I think, I think is the best club fitter I've ever met in my life, is going to be on uh, November 12th. After that, the great Martin Hall from the Golf Channel, a former National PGA Teacher of the Year. And then um, I'm off for Turkey Day. Turkey Day, we're off the air. Coming back from Turkey Day, we've got Cooper Manning, the great Cooper Manning, Eli and Peyton's brother, who's a good friend of mine, coming from New Orleans. And then Steve Scott, the uh, great Walker Cup player, uh, All-American University of Florida, who took Tiger, as you remember, 38 holes at Pumpkin Ridge, will be on with us uh, in, in, in early December. So we got some good ones coming up. And then uh, going into the new year, I'm going to have a guy named Chris Mascaro back on. He doesn't know that yet, so we haven't told him yet. But he's going to come back on. Wow. He, he's, a, he's a beautiful face on the screen. you got to get him out from behind the radio. He's a handsome, he's a handsome devil. And I want him... I want him when he's on my next time, next time he's on, we have to figure out a date. I want him to wear his Red Sox jersey. I think it's only oh, appropriate that he wears glad to do jersey. it. On, glad on, yeah, to I, do I, it. I've got to split the Red Sox jersey. Yeah, that's what the Red Sox jersey. So we've got to have that on. Okay, Chris, before I go, I know you've got a great lineup behind me tonight. As I, as I often do, and I, I, I try always to do, and I do it on my own show now too, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for all you do for golf. I can't imagine golf on podcast without Christmas Carol. Next on the tee is 
you know, and I'm not saying this because I'm on. I, I listen on my off nights too. You are terrific at what you do. You have an unbelievable lineup of people. You do a great job in your preparation. Uh, you're spot on with your questions, and uh, I'm proud to be a part of the show. Wow. I can't thank you enough, TP. Like I say, tonight's episode number 42 for you and me, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the 50th and the 100th and the 142nd. So I can't thank you enough for all the great stuff that you do for the show and the great content that you bring every other week as, uh, as our resident director of instruction. You're fantastic, and so is your Instagram live show. So I'm looking forward to listening to you and David Graham in a couple of nights. Thanks, man. I love you. Have a great night on the show, and uh, tell all the boys behind me I said hi. Take care, TP. All the best to you and your family, my friend. We'll catch up soon. Thanks, pal. That's a great Tom Patry. And uh, TomPatry.com is the website. And like I say, Instagram Live, Tom Patry is on 8 o'clock Eastern time. His lineup of guests are absolutely outstanding. Really looking forward to hearing he and uh, David Graham in a couple of nights. And then really looking forward to making that uh, one-hour show. We'll have to make that happen. When he comes on and it's episode number 50 for he and I, it will just be he and I for an hour. So goodness knows where we'll go, but it'll sure be a lot of fun.